Welcome to the Quantum Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relational mastery, and the initiations that that entails, and what the journey looks like and feels like when we open up and let love lead. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. And uh, it's been an eventful couple weeks, to say the least. I honestly don't even know when I did a podcast last. So here we are in the new flow of things, like when I feel inspired to come and do an episode. Well, here I am. And there's just been a lot of things that I've been marinating in, I'd say in the last month, month and a half. And some of them feel worked all the way through enough to be able to come and share. And so that's what we're doing today. (laughs) Sharing is caring, friends. Uh, So to give you a little background... I am turning 40 on July 27th, and for the last year, I had this vision in my mind, in my heart, of walking through that 40th portal on the lands of Glastonbury, England, and had this whole trip planned. And then in June, there started to become a little bit of wobbliness with it. Um, Some of the people who were coming canceled. And when that happened, it really whacked me. Because obviously it's my 40th birthday. I haven't, you know, been married. I don't have kids. Like I haven't had any of those like really big celebration moments um, yet. And so for me, like the 40th birthday was like, one of those opportunities to have one of those moments and be somewhere that's really sacred to me with people who are really sacred to me. And so when it started to crumble, um, there was a lot of, you know, I don't even want to call it repair, but maybe it was a little bit of repair. Um, A lot of attunement and relational work had to happen. And because it brought up so much tenderness, it brought up, you know, having a summer birthday for any of you summer babies out there, you probably know what I'm talking about, where a lot of times during my birthday, um, my friends weren't around, they were on summer vacation, or maybe one of them would be around, but not all of them. And so there's always been a little bit of tenderness around that and vulnerability that kind of dances with that tenderness. And, you know, one of my core wounds is, you know, a lot of rejection and humiliation around feminine energy. So if you're new to me and you haven't ever come through the gates of any of my work, um, to give you a little snapshot into the past, uh, I was really comfortable with men and really comfortable with my friendships with men, with my relationships with men, both romantic and non-romantic. I just, for the longest time, thought guys were so much easier to relate to because there wasn't all of this drama. There wasn't all of this like backstabby stuff happening with men. It was, you know, pretty cut and dry. Like you say what you mean and you mean what you say and it makes for a very smooth (laughs) relational world. So for the longest time, like my relationships with men were my priority. When I first started my business even, um, my coaching practice was primarily men. And I worked with primarily men for the first two, three years of my practice. And then I I began the descent. I began the descent into the feminine, into exploring my relationships with women, my relationships with the feminine. 
and really having to touch a lot of those old wounds around sisterhood. Now, some of this is related in, you know, the familial line. So with the mother wounding, and then there's also the sisterhood wounding. And so what happened when my sisters started to cancel on this birthday plan was that it brought up all of that material, (laughs) you know, and I've done a good amount of work around this. And that's the thing about healing. It's not linear. And, you know, you will revisit similar themes in different ways. And as you do, like you get to explore another angle of healing and compassionate inquiry with yourself and ultimately tending to your truest needs. And that's exactly, you know, what has happened over the last two months for me is really getting to look at those wounds through a new lens, but also from another angle. So it's helping me get in to this more shadowy part that I haven't been able to access until now. And so I had to really sit with these feelings of rejection. And for me, it's not really abandonment. For me, it's rejection. And then the, you know, really spicy one of humiliation, of being humiliated that, you know, I trusted in these people to show up for me and then they let me down and like, that's embarrassing. Like when people from the outside look in and be like, wow, she has no friends. Like no one shows up for her. Like that's really where my mind was going with all of this. That's not true by the way, but rarely are the stories that we tell ourselves true. (laughs) So especially when we're in a collapse, when we're in a spiral, when we're in a breakdown, Do not trust the stories of your mind when you are in a collapsed, compressive, um, sticky place. Because the stories in your mind are not going to tell you the truth. They are not going to tell you the truth of love that is happening in that moment or that will happen down the line if there has been like a really big rupture for you. And so like having done the work I've done on sisterhood up until this point to even build a sisterhood. You know, there's been significant progress there to even have this incredible sisterhood that I do have. And, you know, it really plummeted me into, you know, essentially being an embodiment of everything that I teach. (laughs) So if you're curious if I get schooled, I do. I absolutely do. There are things that happen in my life too, where I am challenged and invited to embody the things that I teach. And, you know, this is why the work that I do is so effective because there is this deeper integrity of embodiment. Like I will never teach you. I will never lead you. I will never guide you in a direction that I have not already walked myself. I will never give you an assignment that I haven't done. And this is why I know it's, it's tricky. It's really tricky to change our patterns. It's really tricky to heal our wounds because we have a lot of somatic and energetic momentum around feeding the stories, the energies, and the actions or behaviors that are familiar. And they're familiar and they're related to our wounds. So I too have to practice this stuff. And it was an opportunity, especially with one of my really close girlfriends, because when she bowed out, it whacked me. Like I was not expecting to get whacked <laughs> the way that I did. Um, and, and it really gave me an opportunity to rewire some of that over-functioning, like another, another layer of the over-functioning. Because, you know, what that pattern has, you know, really dropped me into is this idea of like being really understanding and essentially pushing my needs to the sidelines. 
of like, oh, I understand why this person can't show up for me and I'll give them all the grace. And that's true. Like I truly do see that and I truly do believe that. And there's also the very real feelings and experiences that I'm having of feeling dropped or feeling rejected. And the pattern of overfunctioning has me prioritize the other person's comfort while really dismissing my own experience. And I knew in this moment that when this is all happening, I'm like, ooh, I'm getting an opportunity to break the spell here <laughs> to like really shift the dynamic that's happening here. And so instead of just kind of collapsing into this good girl, nice girl, understanding girl programming, instead I was able to say, you know, I get it. I want you to honor what's true for you. I want truth to be welcome in our relationship. That's important. And I also have to name that I'm wildly disappointed and hurt. And that was so huge for me to be able to vocalize that in real time. And to be able to sit in this like murky space with her for that period of time, like we're definitely in a really good place now and it has fortified our relationship and you know there's a lot of yumminess that comes through this portal of course Um, but at the time that it happened it was sticky it was murky it was crunchy for both of us because she was breaking patterns of, you know, putting her needs on the sideline and just like not honoring what was true for her. So she was breaking that pattern by telling me the truth. And then I had to break my pattern by telling her the truth. And then us sitting in this weird zone of like, ooh, where do we go from here? Like we know that we both love each other. We know that we're both devoted and committed to this relationship and no matter what, we will find our way through. However, at this exact moment, it's a mess. (laughs) It's crunchy. It's not feeling great. And we had to sit in that discomfort for a little while. It, the pathway through was not illuminated immediately after we both told our truths to each other. And the process of kind of recalibrating with each other took some time. You know, we had that original conversation and then a week later, we did a really, really deep dive with each other where we got right to the bones of what this was for both of us. And I obviously will not speak on her stuff, but I will speak to mine of like really feeling dropped and being able to name that and like be able to name that you know there's this fear that I have that people won't show up for me which has largely fed my overfunctioning like part of my overfunctioning is like well if I keep showing up and overfunction for people then surely they will be reciprocal and also show up for me in the same ways so in other words when that pattern is running me showing up is not the truest thing because I'm doing it in order to try and get something. So it's not a true desire to show up in that moment. It's more of this like very subtle like obligation and this underlying, like again, very subtle hook that if I you know, log all this time, if I put all of this effort in, if I continually show up for this person, when I need them to show up for me, they will. And they will essentially be obligated to show up because look at all the time I've clocked over there with them, right? And the thing about a true reciprocal relationship is that it can't have any of those tendrils. It can't have any of those hooks 
And sometimes these hooks are really obvious. Like it's really obvious when someone is pulling for attention or like trying to hook you into something, like when they're really wielding their energetic power in a way that is not relational, it's really easy to sniff out. Where it gets trickier though, is when we are in these more subtle realms. We are in these realms where, you know, it looks on the surface like we are doing the right and true and honest and authentic thing. And then something like this happens, a rupture happens, and you're like, holy fuck, and you're taken right to the bottom. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's still a part of me that is trying to get something and doing it in a way that is not direct, that is not upfront, that is not essentially in full approval of the desire. And she even asked me when she said that she wasn't coming, she's like, what can we do? Like, what is the experience that you want to have? And I could feel all of these defense mechanisms come up and and I've, her and I have talked about this and I said this to her in the moment. I'm like, I have an impulse right now to put on armor and to turn away from you and to blow up this relationship. Like that is what my impulse is telling me to do. The truer part of me though is the one that is, you know, still got the foot on the gas. But I'm not able to like get my hands on the steering wheel quite yet. But in order to create the spaciousness for me to be able to get the hands on the steering wheel and my foot on the gas or the brake, I had to name that there was a part of me that was really wanting to be vicious and vindictive and punish her and turn away from her and literally be like, fuck this relationship and like, fuck this city and fuck this sisterhood and like, I'm out. (laughs) There was a very real part of me that wanted to do that but there was a truer part of me that was committed to something greater and that truer part of me was the part that could sit in the discomfort of the unknown sit in that limbo space where we're like where are we gonna go from here (laughs) it feels real spicy And like you asking me like what I need in order to feel like really supported or what I need in order to create the experience that I wanted, like my ego got really inflamed. I was like, well, the experience that I want is for all of us to be in Glastonbury together. And like, um, and so that's not going to happen. So let me just like abandon the whole thing and like not let you contribute to me at all. And so I could see like where these spots were in me where love was not quite flowing, truth was not quite flowing as smoothly as it could. Because my philosophy on this is that love is always flowing, truth is always flowing. Like it's always there, but it might be hitting some major roadblocks. So it's not moving as smoothly and as optimally as possible. And when we get taken to the bottom when something happens, when it doesn't go our way, or we get whacked by disappointment, or life just lifes, and, you know, goes in a direction that we weren't anticipating, we will see where those roadblocks are to the flow of love. We will see where we are still holding on to you know, being righteous, where we are still holding on to our armor, where we are still holding on to, you know, making others wrong in order to protect ourselves from feeling the tenderness underneath. Like, in order to really get through this, I had to feel all the way through those layers of feeling rejected. The burn, the heat of the humiliation. I had to let myself go into that. And that is largely what the embodiment portion of my work entails. You know, and you've probably heard me talk a lot if you tune into the podcast on a regular basis about the embodied alchemy work. And this is where the rubber really hits the road. Nothing changes 
until in those moments where we historically would have closed down, shut off, turn away, we are able to do something different. We are able to do something truer. And that takes practice. That takes having nervous system capacity. That takes, you know, being in right relationship with your emotions and really trusting your body, really trusting your emotions and being able to go into them and feel them and let them move through so that the wisdom can be revealed in, you know, the aftermath of the emotional storm. And, you know, after having this really important, I think it was like a two and a half, two and a half hour conversation that her and I had, where we went into these really crunchy layers and we named a lot of stuff with each other. And, you know, there are moments where I projected on her and there are moments that she projected onto me. And then we cleaned that up and like we essentially got to the bottom where I was able to say to her, like, no matter how much, you know, your choices disappoint me, I will always love you more than I will ever be disappointed. Because that's the truest thing. Because I know her heart. And her and I have clocked enough time with each other that I know the essence of her character. And I trust the essence of her character and the brilliance of her heart. And so I I was able to really get to that place of like, even if you have to disappoint me, you know, there's room for that here. There's room for truth in our relationship and I will always love you more than I will ever be disappointed. And then she was able to really get, you know, down in, in there with me and say, you know what, if you really, really ever need me, I will always be there. And so we were able to like weave our way through this really clunky, like originally clunky mess and come out the other side more connected, more attuned and embodied in our own bodies, which means that there is more spaciousness for love to land both in the giving of the love to her and in the receiving of the love from her and vice versa for her. And, you know, that, uh, (laughs) these are like really important moments. You know, a lot of the time people will get into this type of work, the relational work, the embodiment work, sometimes even the spiritual work in hopes that they will find the magic potion to never get triggered again. And that belief that I should never be triggered again, or I just shouldn't get triggered if I'm really embodying this work will keep you fucked up. It will. It'll keep you in this bind where you can't actually get through the alchemical process. And the truer thing is, is no matter how much work you do, you are still going to get triggered. Relationships, you know, the deeper and the more intimate they become, there are more opportunities for, again, like this material. I think of it like the ocean, you know, like the ocean is so deep and there's so many magical and mystical and mysterious layers to the ocean. And when you get right to the bottom, you have this sand or this silt that's at the bottom that has been undisturbed for so long. But then as soon as you start to touch it, it kind of starts to swirl and make a mess. And then all of a sudden you can't see because all of this material that was just kind of laying right at the bottom that, you know, you got to go pretty deep to touch it, um, hasn't been touched And that's what happens in relationships. It allows us to go down and in to this beautiful ocean that is the human experience and explore and touch and move around and move with whatever's at the bottom of the ocean. Because whatever's at the bottom of your ocean is the stuff that 
you know, feeds the armor. It's the stuff that has us wall off and protect ourselves from love. It's the stuff that, you know, I see this a lot on TikTok of like, sis, guard, guard your heart. Like, don't open up. Like, you know, you're going to get hurt. So just stay protected. Don't even like lean into love. And to me, that is such a travesty. Because people are lonelier now than probably they've ever been in human history. And even though we have all of these ways to connect powerfully with each other, we still feel alone. And part of that aloneness has a lot to do with our inability to be intimate with each other, emotionally, relationally, spiritually intimate with each other. Really be seen, really see someone. Be able to see what we see from a lens of approval, whether that's in ourselves or another person. And without the ability to really sit with approval for the full scope of your humanity, you know, the parts that you are not in right relationship with, the parts of you that you reject, the parts of you that you disown, the parts of you that you think shouldn't be there. Those are the parts that your whole system is energetically trying to keep at bay. And so your creative energy is going to, you know, keep that locked down instead of opening into the portal of love, opening into the portal of truth, opening into the portal of intimacy and experiencing the richness of connection that can happen there. But richness of connection has to happen in an environment of truth an environment of honesty. And that doesn't mean it's all sunshine and rainbows. You know, a lot of, you know, the human experience is not that. You know, it's crunchy, it's painful, it's spicy. And can that all belong just as much as the love, as the joy, as the laughter, as the, you know, openness can that belong just as much? And when we are in powerful relationship with ourselves and all parts of ourselves, that is when we can really go to these new levels of richness and intimacy in our friendships, in our family relationships, in our intimate uh, relationships. And, you know, I have thought for the longest time this past year like this whole 40th birthday like there's a pilgrimage that is happening for my 40th birthday and while I thought that pilgrimage was supposed to happen on the lands of Glastonbury England you know what ended up happening is that I'm here I'm in Vancouver still and I am on this wild pilgrimage that you know, is so mystical and so mysterious and (laughs) like there's twists and turns and like every, every little junction, there's another twist and turn, which will be a couple future um, podcast episodes because I really want to flush all of that out for all of you, but it's a totally different topic. So uh, that'll be coming. Don't you worry. And, you know, but I find myself here in the mystery I find myself here in the embodiment of the pilgrimage, even though the pilgrimage looks different, even though like we are not, you know, feet on the earth today. I think, yeah, it's the 21st. It's the feast of Mary Magdalene today. And, you know, that day is very special to me, like as someone who is deeply connected to feminine spirituality to the feminine, like the feminine literally guides all of my containers now. Um, And Mary Magdalene is one of my spiritual anchors and spiritual teachers. And so to really feel like my feet are rooting into the sacred lands of pilgrimage on this day, even though it's not the lands that I thought it would be, It was the exact lands that I needed to be. You know, this experience with my girlfriend and with a couple other girlfriends who, you know, it wasn't quite as spicy, but it was still crunchy 
when they said they weren't coming. But the devotion in this sisterhood to repair, the devotion to stay connected even when it's hard, the devotion to sit in this field of love even when there's hurt and have it all belong has been a wildly alchemical experience for me. And it also has showcased the quality of connections that I have surrounded myself with. So if there was ever any doubt in my mind, the quality of women that I have chosen as my sisterhood, even though this like major disappointment happened, there's huge clarity of the level of cat, like the caliber of human these women are. And for that, I feel so deeply grateful and truly blessed to, you know, have arrived here with sisters who are deeply committed to the relational world. They're deeply committed to their embodiment. They're deeply committed to truth and they are deeply committed to sisterhood and, you know, sisterhood isn't just, like I said, when it's good, when everything is great and you're frolicking in fields and, you know, playing with crystals and oracle cards, you know, (laughs) or making dinners with each other or, you know, having movie nights or having wine, whatever your version of sisterhood is. For me, it's all of the above. (laughs) It just depends on the mood. Um, But like whatever your version of sisterhood is, can it stand the tectonic shifting that will happen when disappointment hits, when someone does something that, you know, breaks an agreement or, you know, disappoints you or hurts your feelings? What emerges through that experience, through that portal? And this is really, really important to really take note of because if it gets really spicy and then we let our wounds do the talking and we let our wounds do the acting and we get really like up in arms and like slinging mud at each other, chances are the embodiment of sisterhood is not quite locked down and in yet. You know, and I see this a lot in spiritual communities that they cannot handle any form of disagreement, you know, and, you know, and there is a caveat here. Like if people come in with disagreement in a way that is vile, in a way that is aggressive, in a way that is non-relational, um, and it's like an off-gassing energy, I totally get the whole like boundary up this is a no crossing line like I will not engage because that is true for me as well and you might see this sometimes on Instagram it really doesn't happen a lot anymore um, because I've been pretty fierce with my boundaries on that platform but occasionally someone will slip through the cracks usually someone who's not following me and like my post shows up in their feed and it triggers something within them and they don't have the nervous system capacity or the self-awareness or the relational awareness to really sit in that alchemical soup and be like hmm what is this touching in me like what is this like bringing alive in me like what is needed here that is in service to truth And instead of like sitting in that space, they pop off and they go on the attack. And when that happens in my space, it will be shut down immediately. I do not give any more chances with that kind of behavior. They will be blocked and deleted immediately. No questions asked. But if someone comes in with disagreement, they're like, you know what, I actually don't see it the same way this is how I see it and um, let's have a dialogue about that well sure that's fantastic let's dialogue about it because we all will have different experiences we will see the world through our own paradigm and our paradigm is made up of our 
life experiences, our relational experiences, our emotional experiences. All of those things contribute to the lens to which we see the world through. And, you know, I am so available if someone disagrees. I'm so available if someone disappoints. Um, as long as there is this good faith energy underneath. There's this you know, underlying assumption of positive intent. And if we can hold to that, which is exactly what happened with my girlfriends, like I knew that it wasn't malicious. I knew that they weren't doing this to really just fuck me up, to do the whole mean girl thing that maybe that would have been true if this was like fourth grade, like fourth grade, even like middle school or high school, and maybe like a little bit out of high school when I was still in like my spicy mode, <laughs> like that kind of shit would have happened and it would have been intentional. Like we're doing this just to hurt you. But, you know, coming near to 40 and like the quality of relationships, and this is something that I look back on my 30s and I'm just in awe about, is that there was this really big quantum upgrade in my relationships in my 30th decade. Now that up level of the relationships wasn't without struggle. And again, I will share this probably in a future episode, but you know, that experience of trudging through the 30s and like all of those moments that were painful um, and really learning and refining what the standard was for me for relationships, for sisterhood, for brotherhood, um, for family, friends, and like really getting clear. And even in my business of like the type of people that I'm a yes to working with, like all of that clarity happened through the lived experience of my thirties. And here I am landed, you know, almost a week until my birthday and I'm just in awe of the caliber of human beings that are in my field. Whether those are my close inner circle, these women who I regard as my sisters, whether that is my family and the extraordinary places that we've gotten to together, whether that's, you know, other friends in my field whether that's my clients, whether that's, you know, someone in the larger community who listens to the podcast or reads my work on Instagram or watches on TikTok, uh, reads newsletters, like everyone in that field. I am just in awe of the caliber of human being that you are, that everyone else is in this field. It's truly extraordinary. And the momentum of a community this large that are all in devotional service to love, to truth, to magic, to union, because those are the energies that I serve. And if you come to work with me, you've got to be right with that. You've got to feel it in your body that there's something that kind of stirs alive in you when you hear me talk, when you watch me teach. When you read my words, something turns on in you. And, you know, it might be a little bit mysterious of like, ooh, yeah, I kind of want to go explore that. Like, or I want to be able to do what she has done. And so you come into the field and the field of my work will also work on you as well as, you know, me directly with you, depending on the container. And, you know, when we have this devotion to love, to truth, to magic, and to union, we show up so differently. We show up in a way that is truly relational. Because you cannot be in service to the frequency of union and also be acting like a relational jackass. It doesn't work that way. You can't be in service to love. You can't be in service to truth. You can't be in service to magic and also be popping off and off gassing and offloading 
shadow material, undigested emotional debris onto other people and expect that that is going to create the foundation for a really healthy relationship because it won't. And, you know, these skills, these practices, the embodiment that happens so that you can hold a bigger field of love in your relationships, you know, all it really takes is your devotion, your willingness to go two feet in to the initiation process, to burn away anything that is untrue. Anything that is incongruent with love of the highest order. Anything that is outside of the frequency of truth. You know, not your truth or their truth or, you know, it's a frequency of truth. It's something you feel deep in your body. And you probably feel it if you've been a continued listener of the podcast. You probably know what truth feels like in your system. You also probably know what it feels like when it's not truth. And each of us will have different signals for that. For me, it's like this gripping that happens, this gripping and kind of twisting energy in my gut, but also kind of this feeling of like my skin's crawling. Like when I get that feeling of like my skin's crawling, like something's not right here. That's when I know that whatever is happening is not in the field of truth. It's likely in the field of distortion. And, you know, we can still work with that. We can still navigate that. And it just helps to be able to name, okay, we're not in the field of of love. We're not in the field of truth. We're not in the field of magic. We're not in the field of union here. And, okay, this is what we're working with. And how do we maneuver ourselves back into alignment with those frequencies, with those energies? You know, and largely it is being able to feel your feelings, being able to process your feelings, being able to move sensation through your body, being able to be with sensation in your body, and being able to release what needs to release in the system, being able to speak and tell truth when it's required. But the caveat here is truth spoken through the frequency of love. Because when we speak truth and we are not connected in our body and we are not connected to our heart, we're not connected to love, that truth often comes out pretty spicy and usually comes out in a really cruel way, which then does not serve the actual frequency of truth. So truth and love dance together always. And, you know, and on the flip side, if you have love without truth, you are likely going to be dancing in more codependent realms of relating because we can't bring truth in can't tell the truth of how we're really feeling if truth isn't welcome in your relationship it's not a relationship that is really in service to love and that's a really important thing to recognize and a lot of couples just fall into this and they fall into it because at some point they likely spoke truth maybe not even to their partner but they spoke truth and they got whacked for it and you know if it and this happens in relationships too, where you bring truth forward and your partner has a hysterical reaction. And the hysterical reaction is a way to kind of keep things from burrowing down deeper into the realms of truth and love. We want to stay playing the games that we play, stay with our protective mechanisms, stay with all of our shields and armor. And so what better way than when someone's attempting to touch something true, we escalate emotionally, we vomit all of this like excess, like spicy emotional material out that gets them to back off. You do that enough times, they will not bring truth forward, which means your relationship is built on a foundation of untruth. 
And then we wonder why we're disconnected. We wonder why we don't feel close to each other. Why intimacy is a mess in the relationship. Well, because truth wasn't welcome. And this isn't to say that if you're in that position or you're in that pickle in your relationship, that it can't be repaired because it absolutely can. Absolutely can. Requires devotion on both people's part. Devotion to the work to become more emotionally sober, emotionally mature, uh, learn how to emotionally regulate Learn how to expand the capacity of your nervous system to hold sensation. And learn the practical relational skills of communication, of, you know, relating from a place of openness and truth and love, conflict resolution. Like there are so many important foundations to relational wellness and to relational mastery that a lot of people just don't have. And then they're so perplexed why their relationships are in the toilet. So we're going to be doing some work on this in, uh, well, there's always an opportunity to come in to initiate it. So that container is always open. And that is where we work on the foundations for relational mastery. That is my, you know, foundation program. Like everything comes from that. So (laughs) you want your relationships to transform. That is the program you need to start with. There's also an embodied alchemy series that is beginning the middle of August And we are going to be diving into the Codes of Sovereignty, a.k.a. unwinding the people-pleasing programming. So any of that, like, good girl, good boy, good person, nice boy, nice girl, nice person programming you've got going on that is causing some interference in the realms of relationship and intimacy, that one is for you. And there is a new container I'll be opening in the fall called Sugar and Spice. And this container is where we are really going to do the work to get right in right relationship with the embodiment of your power. So if you are someone who, when you get challenged in a relationship, you collapse and you can't really stay anchored in your power. And if you get challenged, like let's say you bring a complaint forward and it's something legitimate and you've done it in a way that is really relational. And then your partner has an egoic reaction to that. And instead of being able to really stay firm in what's true, you collapse you backtrack, you gaslight yourself, or your mind goes blank in the moment and you don't know what to say to stay in that pocket of calling forward a higher version, a higher quality of that relationship. So if that has ever been your experience, Sugar and Spice is the container for you because we are going to get right into the nuts and bolts of embodying a no, embodying your boundaries, uh, communicating what's true and staying connected to it, even in the face of someone's disappointment, disapproval, confusion, upset. And we're going to actually be practicing this on and with each other. Because what happens is that we can learn these things intellectually, but when the rubber hits the road in the moment when you're, you know, going to do the thing that you read about in a textbook or you read about in a book, all of a sudden you don't have the somatic memory to do so. Your body is going to do what it's always done. And so we actually have to practice the embodiment of it. 
You have to practice the vocalization of it. And I do not recommend practicing that on your partner unless you have, you know, a third party who is qualified to mediate that in the room. And so if that is something that you're like, I really want to really strengthen that muscle in myself so that my relationships can upgrade so that my experience of intimacy can deepen so that love and truth have a place to land in my relationships then that program is for you and you can let me know and I will put you on a wait list I am not taking a lot of people into that program because of the element of embodiment work and I want to be able to work with everyone who is in the program. And uh, so there won't be a ton of spots, maybe 12, maybe 12 spots at the most. <laughs> so not a lot of space, but if you're like, that program is for me, shoot me a message. Send me a message on Instagram. You can send me a message through the podcast. You can send me an email. Um Find a way to contact me and let me know why that program is calling to you so that we can have you put a deposit down for one of the spots. And um, I think that's all I got to say for today. And I'm just really grateful if you're still listening for your presence, for your energy in this community, for your devotion to relational mastery and showing up in a way that changes the course of your relationships. That's really important to me and it's something that I deeply value and cherish. And if contributing to the podcast feels like a yes to you, I would absolutely love and adore a review on iTunes. You can also rate the podcast on Spotify. I saw that recently. Um, so a written review on iTunes does wonders so that other people can find this show as well. It is also a wonderful way to contribute to the momentum of the podcast and something that I deeply, deeply appreciate. So I will be recording a couple more episodes and, you know, when I feel called to do so that are related to some of the more recent events and we'll be extracting all of the relational diamonds out of them. Um, so stay tuned for those and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, your evening, wherever you are in space and time. I love you all so much and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>